welcome to another collective conversation. My name is Mike Brewer and I am your host and it is Friday in hot Atlanta. I think it's like 92 degrees of the heat index is over a hundred today. But speaking of hot places in the world, I have Patrick Antrim with me and he is in Phoenix, which I have to believe is in advance of a hundred degrees today. Is that right, Patrick? Yeah, I mean, different heat, but I'll tell you, when you walk outside, you feel it. But, I'll, you know, I think what's great about Arizona and like many other places is when you're in places like that, they everybody is prepared and they're aware of that. So misters and great ACs and things like that. So it keeps us cool. And everybody has a swimming pool in Arizona. <laughs> right, right. Well, Patrick, Patrick is uh, really, I think, the CEO of nearly every multifamily-related business, uh, good or service in the industry. Uh, I think he's dabbled in just about everything as it relates to services to our, our business. And I've been a huge fan uh, of Patrick's for, gee whiz, let's, let's just call it 20 years, plus or minus. Uh, and I'm, I'm really excited to have him on the show today. Patrick, do you want to kind of unpack what you do in the industry because i know it's very entrepreneurial in nature and i don't know if i could just narrow it down to any one thing <laughs> yeah no absolutely and and getting it to that one thing has been a journey uh, i think you know i've been uh, purchase acquisition real estate portfolios across the nation and through that process i learned that people were a good part of the the process of creating yields for investors so we created solutions along our journey along the way but as we sit today i think we sit right between nmhc and naa as essentially a modern uh, trade association we do multifamily events news it's a media platform and our goal is to extract the knowledge from you know people like yourself people that are winning where they are and let others learn about that at scale and so so, you know, our in-person events, we we have virtual events, we have a studio here in Scottsdale. So we aim to be more like, you know, the CNBC for multifamily in terms of content and production. And so, uh, you know, a lot goes into that. Uh, but ultimately, what we're trying to do is bring people together. And I think, you know, just the recent events and events coming back in person has been a great energy to the industry and to the things that we're working on. But I think there's some real opportunities ahead, too. And that's what we've been solving is, is we pay attention to the challenges uh, that our audience has in the current state. And then we look forward and we look outside the industry to give them a perspective of how to think differently and bring those ideas back to the industry so they can either make life better for them personally and professionally or go to their business and create some yield and some results for the, their, um, their portfolios. And that takes a lot, you know, and you got to organize that content. Uh, but what we do is it's really community, right? building communities, listening to those communities, and then creating content that they want to hear. Uh, so that's that's what we've been up to. Um, but yeah, again, been following you back into the Twitter days. Uh, and, and here we are now on a, on a discussion. So happy to be here. Oh, yeah. It, it's, uh, I remember, I guess my most distant memory about your platform was seeing you, I believe, interviewing Mike Mueller, or maybe Mike Mueller was doing a, a talk or a presentation at one of your events in the, I'm just, I'm just going to call it the early innings, but uh, I remember being so impressed by your platform and what you'd put together and the people you'd drawn in and that presentation specifically, because he was talking about Amazon, I think eating everyone's lunch, uh, <laughs> which I don't think he was far off, but, but ever since that moment in time, I was just very impressed by what felt like a very different spin on 
taking all this input and then distributing it in a way that was digestible for people like myself, no matter what level of the sort of multifamily business that I played in, there was something for everyone there and it was easily digestible in the format that you had put together. What, what sort of spurred that, I guess call it the origin moment for, for what you do. Yeah. Well, you know, early on in my career uh, as an entrepreneur, I had the opportunity to work with some leading ad agencies that did even Super Bowl ads and great collision points with things that you probably consume yourself. And so I've been around real smart brand strategists. And then combining that with the work I did with some of the top entrepreneurs in the world around content, like Tony Robbins and uh, Dean Graciosi, bridging like brand and direct response marketing uh, to the internet, right? So this is the shift from TV to in-person events to TV and then direct response using uh, social media and the internet to uh, sell products and introduce products to the world. And so when you combine that with my mindset around being a customer, in other words, I ran portfolios. I was an asset manager. I I selected and hired third-party managers built management companies, a development, the whole range of, you know, learning from an owner's and founder's perspective of how do you create yield in today's world. And what I learned through the process was, you know, I needed a lot of the vendor industry supplier partners in order for me to execute the yields and the things I wanted to do. And I was always a little agitated that, yeah, I'd be working with the management company and, and they would say, hey, we're going to throw a party. Can you go get some money from the vendors? And so, to me, I, w- I always had a heart to serve and I wanted these because you go a day without, you know, using a vendor product, you know, your business collapses, you know, and I, so I, when I bridge all these things together as an executive running out of time, but also knowing the importance of the yields that we needed to create, there was a lot of risk being taken in $100, $200 million portfolios. So you have to be very careful about the products and services you, you choose, the people that you choose, and the brand that it represents. And so, you know, we've done, we've done a great job as an industry to create wealth in, in, in the world. But I think that there's some opportunities ahead for marketing and strategy and, and um, you know, creating healthy organizations. So I, I kind of led through my own perspective of what I saw people needed. And I just couldn't attend every event myself. And I started to, you know, we had a research project, which was, it's a boring thing. Nobody wakes up wanting research. And so I was, I thought, well, these investment vehicles I was doing, I was, you know, learning what I did early in life, training with the New York Yankees about building championship teams, collecting the right people, getting them working together, effectively together so they can rent more apartments. That's how I was getting results. What I did with the Yankees is what I was doing in real estate. And so I was like, well, in multifamily, we need to get the leadership stuff right. And so our brand early on was leadership. And, you know, everybody wakes up, they pretty much think, yeah, I'm a pretty good leader. So there's no pain there. There's no need. There's no necessity. And so when we created a research project, my first instinct was like, okay, let's get to a trade show and introduce this to the world and everybody will buy it. And I started looking at the fees to sponsor some of these events and these types of things. And it was outrageous. And we couldn't introduce those things. So we took a long journey and we knew that if we needed to create a product that would amplify and celebrate those companies that built healthy organizations, that means they got the internal strategies right so that they could rent apartments and 
meet objectives with investors is that's the best places to work multifamily program. Nobody needed it. Nobody wanted it. We had to introduce it. And how we had to do that is we had to build trust and credibility. So I had to lean into what I learned from like Tony and Dean uh, in internet marketing and brand strategy to build trust and credibility. Because I knew we needed that before anybody would do anything. And so thinking through as an investor, how I want to spend my time, the multifamily innovation summit was really just fostered off of if you were an executive and you wanted to go to one event a year, we would think about the eight to you know 10 things that if you did these things, you'd design a great business for the customer, not for your lender, not for your partners, but for the customers, which renters, right? Perspective renters that would allow you to re-envision the leasing experience and manage the apartment of the future. And so that was, that was the shift that we did from that specific uh, event. But in order for me to get someone like Mike, who doesn't speak at other events and to say disruptive things that challenge the industry to think differently, I had to have certain things in play. You know, I've been talking with Mike for three or four years before that, right? So I had to create an environment of which he would feel safe to step into. In other words, you know, there's an innovative guy. I mean, yeah, you have to, you have to, he's going to speak in on a, a platform that's doing innovative things. And so we talked about it being the, you know, the conference of the future. And, and, um, you know, I, I combined that with, you know, in 2019, I was doing a project with Tony Robbins around his legacy project. And so at his home, he leaned into me and kind of, you know, he has a way, he's tall like you, Mike, and he has a way about himself. And he's, he was sharing a story with me organically. He has a company and he's trying to get him out of like showing up and, and, you know, everything happens when he gets on stage, but like what happens later in 20 years, what's the next thing for him? So we're trying to move into more recurring revenues. What was fascinating about that is in 2000, he told me about 9-11 and how it impacted his business. And it really struck, I left leaving his home thinking, wow, uh, a brand like that, who's been delivering value for 40 years for people uh, around the world, put pressure on his ability to actually even stay in business, made me think differently. And so I thought about, okay, we're doing an event business. Uh, it's variable income. Where do you, how do you manage this? You know, seasonality, all these things. And so I leaned into video and start, started looking at all of the expenses that we were doing in our business from food and beverage to stage to lighting, audio visual, all these things. And I took a risk and I said, yeah, I'm gonna hire a producer. I'm gonna hire some filmmakers. I'm gonna buy a lot of equipment that doesn't make any sense. And I'm going to create what The Tonight Show did, which is conversations with people that are doing amazing things. And we'll extract that and we'll bring the event to the Mike Brewers of the world. He won't have to travel. But if he wants to travel, we'll create an experience that uh, is remarkable. Helicopter rides, we're going to go hiking, we're going to have these collision points, all of these things. And so that that was, um, I think, a great tipping point for me to know, like, it works. Uh, people enjoyed it. And it was more about who wasn't there than who was there. Not that we were excluding groups of executives or leaders or or um, companies. It's just that great marketing repels as much as it attracts. And so we're really trying to find those people that are doing innovative and interesting things. And they're out there, right? There's three attorneys somewhere in Delaware that don't know about any of the events in the industry. And they're just making money and they're trying to create wealth. And, and there's ways that uh, we can connect and help and support them. Well, 
I, I got to tell you two, two remarks I would make. The experience that, that you put on, I rode in that helicopter around Saddleback Mountain, Saddleback Mountain, right? And uh, also took the hike up to the top and then ended up to the point about networking or the collision uh, points. Those same experiences, those same events were causes for me to meet uh, KP Ready. Uh, I met Matthew Seeley from uh, uh, Modally, and I met another gentleman who was probably 10 years younger than me who took me out on a hike at like 5 o'clock in the morning and beat me up to the top of uh, Saddleback Mountain, almost died, I think. But the point is that I consider those people like borderline good friends today, and I met them as you had created this sort of emotionally loaded circumstance with these uh, helicopter rides and all that stuff so much so that I'm like, wow, that, that, you know, it, it just is like this thing now that I recall. And every time we get together, we talk about that moment or those moments. Yeah. I, I think I heard you on a, on a show and I think KP ready, I think it was, he's like, Hey, I met you here. And, and I was at a dinner the other night with uh, Darren Williams. And he's telling me how he met Alex O'Brien and he met Drew Armstrong. He met all these different people in those ways. So it was, it makes me feel good about the impact that you can make, but you know, we invest in, in other things that, uh, don't make sense sometimes for that because we're focused on the long term uh and that's that's really what we're doing so well i i applaud you you've done a wonderful job with with all of that i have to ask you so tony robbins is like he was just a huge inspiration for me uh growing up in the business world more from a personal development side and so I would be interested. So you're sitting in his home or you're around him. What, what have you, I mean, he impacts people, obviously I've never been in person with, with Tony Robbins, but I just seen videos and things. What, what do you take away? Not from a business perspective, but more from like a personal development, character development, sort of like, wow, that what he does here, here, here is just taking me Patrick to a whole new level. Can you talk about that? If that question makes sense. Yeah, well, the the unique experience that I was in was it wasn't a paid event. There was no performance. I'm, he he meets once a year with his team, and he brought his team together at at his home, which is amazing experience. And so I got to see him in, as the real Tony. Yeah, there's no no paid attendees. There's no performance. There's no lights. It was literally what are we going to do to to reach our audience? And what struck me most was the. The, how many years he's been doing this and, and the level of care and clarity and persona that he has around who he's trying to serve. And I, I just, I, I walked out of there inspired, like that's no show. I literally cares. It also drew me back into feeling about how it felt like when I was around other champions playing with the Yankees and it creates a culture of like, you, you, you can't just be on the team. You have to be the best on the team, you know, in the league, in the world and those types of things, which requires a lot of personal focus, intense, you know, approach, discipline, saying no to things, you know, just extreme drive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when, when I think of it like a, if you want to use baseball's analogy, like a World Series game or a Super Bowl, right, where mm -hmm. everything matters, you you go to a you go to a baseball game in July, 
I mean, there's empty seats. People are leaving between, they're on their cell phone, they're, they're, they're getting sushi, whatever they're doing in these stadiums today. And a World Series game, when it's intense and everything matters, and I mean, every reporter, every photographer is on their game, everybody's bringing their best from the beer man. Like, do we have enough? You know, like, what's the backup if we run out? Like, it is showtime. And I think that's what I took away is that if that's the space I enjoy being in is, is that competitive driven. I, and it also creates problems for me because I feel like everybody else should be doing these things. And that's sure. not the case, you know? Uh, and I can tie that back to our program, the best places to work multifamily program in a lot of ways. But the, that's one thing is I got to see him in real life uh, and, and, and negotiate with his team and bring these two brands together. Uh, but, he he does I'll, I'll give an example of the collision he starts with brand okay and then he goes to impact and then conversion okay the other gentleman who i ran real estate for and still do who is his best friend for 10 years that's how we got together is he's conversion uh impact brand very different right so how do those two partner and make work together is tony's big thing is if you're running a business like me and you're scaling it and you're, you're you know you're still you know you've sometimes you've created a job for yourself right? you're trying to get out of the business instead of working in and on it and you're you're you, you could be thinking like man i'm working all these hours do i have balance here is it is my home life suffering am i taking care of my body uh what's what's going to happen if all these certainties uncertainties that happen as a business owner he gets those people and he moves them through change where i see his where what he told me personally is his biggest struggle was the ceo of the world that is surrounded by 100,000 employees 300 who knows and they're all, they're all telling this ceo that he's amazing she's amazing that um life is good because there's these employees have a single flow of income so they're they're kind of like puffed up about the re the realities look at the auto industry a lot of people were doing great until uh oh you know here comes electric cars and they're now pivoting to to tesla so as a ceo they don't wake up thinking they need a tony robbins because of they think he's a motivational guy yeah. right so think of the child actors you, you still think of them as what they were when that's they right. were you know that's right will smith and like um Tom Hanks, they've evolved, you know, from what they started to what they ended up becoming. And they've done a great job in that brand change. Our companies go through this as well. But for Tony, everybody sees him as like a guy jumping around in the room and he's a, just motivation. But what his goal is, get you in the room and then it's real personal transformation. So all the results we want to create through our businesses come from leadership of self. That's that's what I learned. And then as he's expanded his reach uh, and expertise, he's buying companies just so he can get access to people and conversations, right? Which gives him intel. He takes it back to his community. And you, you see me doing this in many ways with our innovation council, right? I'm, I have access to some of the most diverse minds in multifamily. And I'm excited to, again, extract that knowledge and take that back to our community so we can, we can do great things. So, but, you know, summing it up, just a heart to serve, uh, but also it's game time, right? It's, it's uh, 
always on. It's it's a World Series game every day, every moment. And you will, as a result of higher levels of activity, higher levels of actions and new beliefs, accomplish anything you really wanted to do if you had that type of focus every day. Definitely. I I want to so I want to segue to multifamily innovation or, or, or the innovation uh, council. Uh, but I have to. You said something there, and I I can't uh, let it go. So. You said leadership of self, um, and I'm deeply, deeply interested in this topic. And and I think um, you know part of my mission in life is to tease out uh, sort of these things that drive people, that uh, give cause for them to show up for the World Series every day. And if, to the extent that you're comfortable, can you kind of whether it's morning routines that get you amped up for that moment, or it's just some sort of thematic thing you do throughout your life. What are those things that, that you do specifically behaviors that help you show up for that moment, every moment, every day? <laughs> yeah, well, um, I've, I've shifted through a lot of, so in working together with these groups, building these other businesses, I've had to use operating system. So if you think about, let's just Yardy and RealPage, or let's just say Apple and PC. So you're either on Zoom or Microsoft Teams, and you pretty much know what those are, right? So there's the same actions happen. You get on an email and you browse somewhere and you open a document and edit it. But what's different is the operating system. And so as companies hire and they move around, as we're seeing more of that today, everybody's bringing with them their own operating system from a culture that isn't yours. And so they're, you're fighting that every day. They, they, they you know, copy paste for me in a, in a, in a Mac is very different from, uh, and, and multifamily, multifamily innovation is a registered trademark. So you'll see multifamily innovation, you'll see the R, right? So on a Mac, right, it's like, Alt zero one two four, and on a piece on a um, on a Mac, it's Command uh, R. By the way, the Mac is shorter step. But the point is the the reality is people are coming with these systems, and that's how they work. But we do not have an operating system for how to run a company, how to lead teams, and all those things. So, if you were looking for some of that, there's a system called EOS, which is Entrepreneurial Operating System. Uh, we brought in uh, Gene we- uh, Gina Wickman. He's the author of it. He's done a great job building a platform. But it's, yeah, there's six things that if you tackle, it makes all the other things fall into place. And it gives your systems an operating system. So then you, you know, meet, you understand how to knock down issues, you know, documented things. You get egos out of conversations. And so it gives you a framework. Now, scaling and launching with Tony and these guys, the largest internet launch in the history of online sales. We had 250,000 people live watching this this launch over 13, well, one day, but over a 13-day period. We used uh, a thing called OKRs, Objectives and Key Results. You could There's a book called Measure What Matters. You could read that. I, I launch and integrate those systems into our processes in our business. Um, but, it, you know, it's hard to stay on track to those things. So, you know, you just got to keep remembering like you have a system, follow the system. A long time ago in a meeting, I was very much building culture and 
multifamily properties because of development that we were doing, where you had five real estate development and multifamily developments going at one time. So it was like, I had to have a system like that. I think somebody quoted me at one time, wrote it down, and I've always remembered it. It's like, if you have an issue, refer to the rule. And if you don't have a rule, that's your issue. And so I got from my study under, uh, I, was, I did receivership law back when things were going bad. And it was called Iraq, which is you have an issue, refer to the rule. That's your application of the rules, your conclusion. That's how f- closing arguments are framed in like law, legal, legal arguments. So this, there's these systems that I lean into that other people have tested. Like that's how Google scaled with was OKRs. Other software companies that have disrupted industries have scaled, you know, with OKRs, objectives and key results. Traction is more for the entrepreneurial. It's not for like the enterprise company, but there's a lot of companies uh, in our space that could benefit from those systems, right? And you're, you're getting people off of like, you have the corporate culture systems that they come with, and then you have the operating systems that they're working within. So for me personally, um, you know, now I'm moving into less is more. Uh, so I follow like uh, Dan Sullivan, who's been a great mentor. We, we've uh, followed a lot of his work and been involved with it. And he's helping us understand, well, not personally, I'm not working with him, but through his online information, there's ways that you can turn the things that you do into projects and get real clarity about what success looks like before you even begin it. So everybody knows what's, what's happening. And so now what I'm trying to do is just clearly define the why it's important, the difference that it can make for the organization, the difference that it could impact the people that are either enjoying the product or moving through the event, and then what success looks like when we achieve it. And then the team does the thing in the between, in between. So that's what we're doing with our events. Um, for example, I can lead it down to one word. You know, when somebody comes to the innovation summit, right? We want them to leave saying, I'm so glad we came. And that's a guiding post to anybody, that, uh, you know, a server, if someone needs a napkin, like every little thing needs to lead into that. Like we need them leaving, feeling this, right? And so, those are the sort of outside of Patrick type of things that I've, uh, you know, skated around. The personal stuff is honestly, um, I'm trying to almost un- unlearn some things. Uh, there, there's the morning routine stuff. I mean, you got it. Movement is medicine. You know, you got to have the right mindset. You got to be around the right people. Um, and I think it's, you know, get, making sure your fitness game is in place right? Um, you know, get, getting up early has been a thing of mine. I get clarity of our innovation council meeting is early for me. And so getting up early, moving, eating the right foods, getting around the right people and, and, and understanding the thoughts that are entering our minds. Um, that, that's, that's the essence of, I, I think what shapes me. The, the other stuff from a professional athlete standpoint and like these other high, high, indivi- high performance individuals is, is knowing like if you're an employee somewhere, your employer is not paying you 
really. It's just how you get your paycheck. It's a function of process. But you're responsible for your own success. You have every ability to learn everything that you're doing from maintenance to financial engineering on how these programs come together to the leadership of how you build a company. You can pay attention and observe these things like I did with the Yankees on how to build culture. But it's not always about change. Like you look at the Yankees, the logo hasn't changed. A lot of the things don't change. So it's not always about adding a new thing and, you know, all these these elements. It's really about knowing like you have personal accountability to your own success. Nobody's going to give it to you. I think it's really about like how much can you do in the off season or when you're not working to stay committed to your career? You know, are you coming to the organization, bringing value, making life better for the organization? helping them make money, helping them save money, creating a better experience for the customers they serve, helping their investor clients that have counted on them understand like you've built a great company. So I think as an employee, you have an opportunity to really be that game changer. And it comes from that personal leadership. I don't know how you teach it. Uh, I think you need to get people around it and they need to experience it. But I think it's going all in like, you know, People used to tell us all the time, you know, baseball players are overpaid. I get that. But, you know, if there's you're five people out of everybody in the world that does one job, there's demand for that, right? So if 80,000 people, 60,000, 40,000 people showed up and watched you do your job today, how would you do differently? You know, how would you do it differently? You know what I mean? And so that's the kind of... Um, scrutiny that you want to have over like, did I, did I prepare? Did I walk through the door with the right mindset? Am I ready to win? Is it like, if it's a theater, is it you step on stage? Um, how are you showing up for the audience? All that stuff. I think that's the thing that's really helped me um, is that when you said leadership of self, it's, it's those, all those systems on the business stuff to allow me to get out of defensive behavior with people. Right, so I can refer to a rule. I don't have to say you did a problem. It's like, well, you know, I walk a property and it's not, you know, beautiful. You know, it, you know, is this? So I don't have to refer to the. You're not doing a good job. I refer to the rule. I refer to the like, the system. You know, um, and that that's helpful. Uh, hospitality does that, you know, very well. But I think it's the leadership of self is, you know, you you're a competitor. Uh, I had uh, Mike Wolber in our studio filming a podcast. Uh, we opened it, our studio up to him. He's done a great job. And, and, uh, when, when helping, um, Tony and Dean build their company, we used, uh, a book to, to communicate. We all read the book shoe dog from Nike, the Nike oh, yeah. story. And it, it bonded a culture around what we were doing. And, Mike, while he was in the studio, talked about how he was a Nike guy. He worked at Nike, you know, and he was talking and, and, and he, you can tell he has this DNA in him around this self-leadership because he's been around it, been around, right? The whole brand represents athletes, right? Um, and, and so when, when he was talking about how, you know, we don't think we're athletes, but every person is an athlete. I thought that was really compelling. Um, it's how Nike sees it. Like every customer is an athlete, you know, and not right. just 
people on sports teams today getting paid or, or that you see in, in TV. So are we athletes for our business? Do we show up and take care of our mindset? Do we take care of the foods we eat? Do we take care of the, and, and we got haters, right? You got, uh, you got people that are like, you're charging too much for rent or, you know, you should be doing this and you got all this stuff coming at you. So it makes sense in our industry to really reinvest in ourselves, so that you can, you can um, counterbalance all of the, the stuff that's, that's coming at us. Anyway, long-winded answer to your question. No, I, I, I love the way you went sort of macro and brought that down to, to micro. And yeah, I, I mean, I think what, what screams through to me in that description, both macro micro is, is discipline. Right. And, and I think that, I think one of the hardest things to teach and or to get people to accept is this mindset of discipline because waking up at five o'clock in the morning or four 30 in the morning or four o'clock in the morning is not fun. It, I mean, some people naturally do that, but it's not fun. But if you're doing it with some why in mind, right. To, to your point of being a well-oiled machine, being able to show up and take all the toxicity that's in the world and just, either let it roll off your back or you just absorb it and expel it later <laughs> during your morning run. If you're not disciplined about the routines that you exercise, both macro with the systems in your business and micro here inside, right? You, you're just going to, you're, you're, uh, you're subject to whatever it is that blows you around, right? Whatever comes at you, you're probably going to just participate in the, in the sort of downward spiral of, what is life unless you're doing all this other stuff to sort of combat against that. Yeah. And, and you don't need to see the whole jerk. Like for example, and even in Tony's first program, I think it was, he said, yeah, cause people do struggle to get up early and I'm not saying you have to get up early, but it's not, don't think about, I got to get up early. Just when the alarm goes off, just put the feet on the floor. Like that's the first step. And it builds momentum. I think when we can take those steps and baseball taught me that, you know, uh, I can walk into any in any company, any industry, any situation. I know I can make an impact from what I learned through that process. And the reason why is, you know, you look at the minor leagues. It's you're going to struggle. Like they literally manufacture struggle for four years, and your whole life you're trying to win, and all of a sudden they're going to put you in a situation where winning doesn't matter, only development. So as you hire people and you're working through leadership and you're moving people through challenges, you know, our expectation is you got at least this building up in 90 days or 30 days or 60 days or daily and what we learned today in Innovation Council. And it's like you're rushing the development process. You're, you're putting people in the big leagues without giving them scenarios of hitting under the lights or under travel conditions and all these scenarios that you have to manufacture success. And so... I think that we, and, and Tony says this, I keep going back to Tony, I don't know why, but he says we under we overestimate what we can do in, in one year and we underestimate what we can do in 10 years. So I have a vision over the next 25 years of completely changing the way we do things in multifamily, not for the sake of change, but because this is modern, right? This is modern world we live in. We have more tools than we've ever had possible. And we have more people excited about really making it better. And so the next 25 years are going to be really exciting for the people that can get on, get on this sort of self-driven change and impact. It's going to be challenging. You're going to run into that resistance. There's a lot of resistance in our industry right now because people have had success a certain way, right? A, a success 
that they can prove. They can open their bank account and say, prove it. But That's again, right. I have to tell you, I went to Tony and Dean who made, I don't know, $200 million a year, let's say, in, in revenue and say, do it this way. Who am I to say that? So I had to use these other systems to evolve change. So I think people have um, opportunities to create you know, more of the success they desire, but it's going to come from them, not their company or their industry, like th- create it. You know, you, you actually said this discipline thing on another, I, I heard, I, I listened to all your stuff too, right? So you said it in an interview with somebody else and it was your response to something they were saying about discipline, which it was hard. I can't remember what it was, but it basically, you said there's freedom on the other side of discipline. Oh, yeah, People want right. freedom. So they don't do the discipline stuff, but you had mentioned if you do the discipline on the other side of that is the freedom. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I, I, uh, I railed against discipline for a very long time. Even, even though I, I played basketball in high school and went on to, to uh, division one, played at Texas tech university. And certainly as, as you, I didn't make it to the, to the major leagues like you did or to the NBA. Uh, but the, the disciplines, uh, germane to basketball, right? Waking up, working out, the nutrition. Uh, you know, Steph Curry has a, a ritual before every single game that is the exact same thing. And it is everything that I learned when I was like playing basketball at five years old, right? Dribbling two balls with one hand each and back and all the between the legs and that kind of stuff. They're the fundamentals, right? It's not fun. But if you if you get yourself in the mindset that those little actions, those little disciplines that get imbued in your mind and become muscle memory are, are the very things that do get you to that point where, man, the freedom to shoot three pointers from the other side of the half court line, like all those things come out of those, those disciplines and being married to it, even though it is. And, and frankly, it's not hard work. Once you get yourself in the routine, it's not hard work. Right. Yeah, we're, we're, we, we do it every time we drive, you know, we drive on the right side of the road, we stop at red lights, there are signals around us that show discipline works and it reduces collisions, right? Um, and what's also fascinating is four years with the Yankees, like it was enough discipline for me. It was like every day was like Groundhog Day, it was like four o'clock stretch, six o'clock BP, you know, it was just like, so to me, I'm like, let's go, I'm looking around going like, oh, I want to own the team, let's do this, you know, like, <laughs> so I, Discipline um, is is hard, you know, um, but I think once you get into momentum, it's very exciting when you see the results, you know, and I think when, uh, and I, I have two, you know, young boys and actually three young boys, right? And we, we, we're always trying to let them work through their, their um, you know, their stages and where they are and, and what they're bumping into. And what I'm trying to transfer is, it's not that you have to be a pro athlete to know these things. Like, I mean, you, you, if you're That's on any team, all companies are nothing more than a collection of people. So we're all That's on teams, right? So if you've played sports and you've benefited from that, th- then you're a little ahead of the benefits, really. But when you realize that um, these, these activities that we do together form bonds and chemistries, it's, it's very um, enjoyable right? When you overcome something together uh, with somebody else, right? But when when we do the work where no one else is looking, um, and I'll, I'll can't, if we got a moment, I'll tell you, that's how I got drafted by the Yankees, believe it or not. 
as I was writing a book, it was called What I Saw While You Weren't Looking. And it was essentially the Yankees have a way of drafting players. They look at how you behave when no scouts are there. How do you, are you a team leader? Do you walk on the field with your hat backwards? You know, are you messing around? Are you the guy that rakes the field? Right. So they're watching because they can teach you baseball. They're watching for the things that they can build an organization around. Right. And so for me, I didn't know I was going to be Yankee until a week before the draft. There was 24 other teams that were, you know, sending you letters and all that stuff. You're like, oh, Cubs and this and that. But here the Yankees are like, we're watching another thing. And so what that means, I think, to the listeners is that you're going to do things with discipline in the dark where you feel like, is anybody even watching? I'm at a property. It's 180 units out of the portfolio we have. It's insignificant. And you're there, you know, early doing the thing that you need to do. But what the discipline does is it gives you the confidence knowing like you did the work, you showed up, you're ready. And in a sort of challenge situation, it gives you confidence to enter into situations knowing like, I've done my study, I've done my work, I know I've worked hard, I know I've created value for this company. And it gives you a different set of confidence skills going into situations, knowing that you prepared more than anybody else. That That's, wow. I'm, <laughs> so I'm blown away by the, the remark about the Yankees watching what you're doing when, when no one else is watching, so to speak. So it, it, uh, it brought to mind, I was having a conversation with uh, a vendor that serves our industry this week. They, they were in Atlanta. They had come into our, our new office here and they weren't, they weren't trying to sell anything to me. And they were just simply here to have a conversation just to get to know me a little bit. And, um, the conversation took a spin toward uh, who we like to do business with, right? And what it really came down to for me or what it does come down to for, for me as an individual is I want to know your character, right? And and sure enough, am I making observation of the way you behave on social media, um, what you post, what you remark on, what you comment on? All of those things are little sort of buying piece data points for me. Right. And I'm watching all of that stuff. And this, this conversation kind of crescendoed in that moment of, Hey, look, I, I really like you as a person because I've made observation of you over a very long bit of time on social media, because that's just my window into your life <laughs> outside right. of knowing you. Um, but here you are sitting in my office today and you're validating everything that I, I see. And I don't feel like it's contrived. I feel like it's just real. And, you know, would I do business with that person? Absolutely. If when the need comes up, I'm going to do business with that person because this whole storyline that I've seen over a long bit of time, like the Yankees, they're looking at all this stuff that doesn't have necessarily have anything to do with baseball it has everything to do with who you are as a person. Not to say that everybody's, I mean, people have flaws and things happen and right. But how you show up even in those moments of adversity matter. Yeah, that's that's remarkable. And I love to see those scenarios play out in individual life. I'm, you know, we 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 win where we are, I think. And then if we're clear about, you know, what we want out of life, then, you know, if it's that next job, then, 
you want to be the CEO of the company, then figure out like what does, you know, what 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 is required of somebody like that, and then just learn those things. You know, put yourself in that situation to learn those things, and you get you get picked, right? That's we don't right. do drafts and stuff like that, but if you will get if you win where you are, right. and you know you you have an obligation to you know share that, and you have more tools in the world to do that today, but you will get picked. Um, and um, so I'm I'm excited for those people that, you know, uh, unleash all this all this um, this value that that people have within you know that we don't even we don't know. And you're doing your part right here, right? Uh, I I love this. This is a, I learn so much. This uh, this podcast has just been a labor of love for me, right? And yeah. and uh, just because I get to be meet and interesting people like yourself and, and many others and it's just a world-class education more than anything. So, and, and I appreciate the fact that people invest a little bit of their time with me. Uh, let's pivot. I want to talk about the innovation council. I, uh, it, you can unpack the entire thing. And then I want to talk about just in brief, the, the meeting this morning, I was just, my hair was blown back. Like it was fantastic, which I think is precisely what you are after with the innovation council. So see, can you tell our viewers and our listeners a little bit about the council? And Yeah, so uh, it's a community-driven event. So we have our annual meeting at the Multifamily Innovation Summit, you know, every year. Um, and between that, we're meeting, uh, this happened by accident, we're meeting uh, every Friday. And we're bringing great people together that are here to help us understand the current challenges and opportunities that people want to create. And it's different. So when you think about companies, you know, we only have access to the viewpoint within our range, right? So if we can, as an industry, collect great minds, diverse minds uh, of asset class, locations, and investment objectives, priorities together into one group, one conversation, then we'll better extract the challenges that the industry is facing and the priorities to these challenges. And then report out to the industry, like you said, Mike, Journal of Medicine, to the industry partners that are funding things to solve those challenges. And it's you don't need to invest in a venture capital fund. It's not influenced by sponsors. There's no, There are no supplier partners in there right now, right? We're finding unique ways to integrate them into the conversation because we know they're important to the things that we build into the future. And so, it, I mean, simply it's it's an annual event, you know, with 50, you know, 52 events for the price of one, technically, right? Uh, but we recognize the value of the in-person when you mentioned the the helicopter, the in-person event is really, we got up above the city and you look down in Phoenix and it's a grid. You know, it's, it's a grid system like many cities. And our business can feel that way. And if we don't get out of the grid and take a look over the industry and over the business, then we'll never be able to really impact the stuff that we're doing within it. But what's valuable personally, I think, from this as members, and this is what we're trying to create, is it's not about fatiguing them. It's not about having a meeting that you have to go to. It's inspiring them to look forward to that meeting. And so we're putting out there, we're going and finding speakers that come into there, that meeting every week and inspire a few ideas to get them to think differently and then bring that to them in a convenient way, right? So life either gets better for you as an individual 
You're, you go into meetings, have better questions like the one today. If that team on the call doesn't go into meetings and look, wow, where'd you come up with that question? Awesome. Uh, you know, then you, you could get a promotion of 10 times, hopefully double your salary by being on the council, right? As an investment to the business, you, you should a hundred X the things that you're doing because you can't look at all the products yourself, the time commitment to be in demo meetings all the time. You know, the, 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 the fact that you're inside sales conversations when you're making decisions. And so we're, we're, uh, we're at the beginning stages. Like I said, there's a 25 year vision around what we do. We're using the community to develop that vision, right? But we have big initiatives to take on. So we'll be doing that together. But so that, that's really the, the idea. Um, and, you know, if you were to build a modern trade association, this is how you would do it, right? You'd have events in person. We've solved the, the future of, of the women's leadership, right? We bring in together the customers of the future around that women buy things. So let's bring women to the architectural tables, to our investment tables and, and, and support that growth. We've done that really well. We've done the in-person events. We have software to support vendors. We have a strategic team to support vendors. We have a way that they can get their word out there through podcasting. We now have collected a, a, the multifamily podcast network. So the way that we see the Innovation Council and the podcast network and all the things that we do, we look at it like a museum. And the way that if you, and, and I think it was Jason Fried that said this, uh, he said, you know, if you took all the art in the world and you put it in a building, it'd be a warehouse. And so if you take one piece of art, you put it on a white wall, shine a light on it, frame it, you increase the value of that piece of art. And that's what we're doing is we're pulling people out of the trade shows, out of the warehouse, in conversations like what we're having today, in the Innovation Council, where it's useful to the business, where life gets better, you're knocking down problems. And then while we have speakers, it's not, you know, somebody paid us, so they're speaking, right? It's that the Innovation Council determined these are the priorities for the, the industry over the next 12 months. Let's if we had one event a year to go to, this would be what it would be. And we would have this museum of high value situations where people can, can spend time and, you know, meet and have lifelong friendships for the sponsors that need to scale fast and get seen and, 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 and sell software at scale and, and educate the marketplace. We have a place for that. I'm sitting in our studio, CNBC studio, well, not CNBC studio, but where we can transfer the knowledge. So like a mic can learn, you know, those, those are the things that we have a vision over. If you started today, that's how you'd build it. You know, the trade associations were built before the internet, right? So that's yeah, just where you would go to connect with people. But, you know, we all have TVs and radios and computers in our pocket. So if you start it over, this is, I think, how you'd build it. So that's what we're building as a modern trade association, I think, without the dues that can bring everybody together and everybody gets better uh, and you're, we're supporting everyone's dreams. Well, I, I just personal testament. I, I think that it's, I think I've participated in, let's say 10 or 12 meetings now, plus or minus, maybe, maybe a few more than that. But each time I walk away with like three pages of notes and to your point about walking into, you know, executive council meetings or even my, my uh, other senior team council meetings, I, I just, I feel fully prepared to have conversations, to ask good questions, to, but what I, what, what really gets me to that is the intimate nature about 
the council, whether it be this group of people that are on the call every Friday. Uh, and by the way, it's open for membership, right? I'll let, let you talk about that. Yes. But the the uh, the idea that it's uh, that you have an opportunity to participate in a more intimate type fashion, as opposed to and look, not to knock the the big trade shows, but man, there's a lot going on on that on that vendor floor, and it's it very exciting. hard to focus. Yeah, it, it's just very hard to have a real conversation where you can walk away with action items, right? Or at least it is for me. And so I very much like the intimate nature of either the small meeting or the one-to-ones and or the recorded material that comes out by way of podcasts or videos. It's just a much better way uh, to get information swiftly and quickly and, and actionable stuff that you can walk away with and, and do. Stuff yeah. And, and look, I agree. I love, I mean, I went to a trade show here recently for the national apartment association. I thought they, the, the event was great for the industry. I thought that the energy was there. Uh, I was, I met some friends and, and was connecting with people. And, and I love the, the fact that all those uh, vendors, I guess, suppliers were investing in getting in front of that audience. But one thing I will say to the industry is like, even if you took every person as a customer and you said there was 10 or 11,000 people there, there's 17 million people in the industry. So what is your plan? Why are we over investing in these strategies? It's not that they don't work. It's just that other things can work to complement them so that by the time you get to that event or trade show, they already know about your product. They already know who you're helping. They know why you're helping people. They know what happens after you become a customer. And the conversation in the booth is more about conversion than convincing, right? And so that's, I think, the the thing is why a combination of, 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 of those strategies, those work, you know, those, those strategies together work really well. And you know, I, I, I'm really, I, I had an opportunity to meet Doug uh, Bibby, who built uh, a legacy over at NMHC. Uh, I just was inspired. I want to get him on my podcast and Elon Musk too. But uh, the, I think that they're focused within in investments and, you know, but these these groups do things like we don't. Like we don't do legislation. We don't do really the, some of the transactional things, right? Um, but they've done a great job. And I think that um, if I'm going to lean into, uh, you know, those types of things, I think that's the future. Investments are never going away, yeah, right? People are going to want to know how these investments are protected, the brokerage community, how things come together, uh, you know, the other sides of things may evolve uh, and get more simpler, but I think um, that that is something that I'm I'm leaning more into to getting to understand understand more. Gotcha, right on. Well, I we're coming up on an hour roughly, um, so I want, if you don't mind, I really want people uh, to know where to go. And you're all over the place, so I can't imagine there are very many people that don't know. <laughs> your programs or where to go for them. But just in case there are a handful of people out there that would be interested in the best places to work, Moly Family, the Innovation Council, where can they go to get information? Right. So the great place to go is multifamilyleadership.com. You can see the events, the awards programs that we're putting together. As Mike mentioned, the best place to work multifamily. You can register for that uh, at the time of filming. There's only four weeks left for that. So exciting program there. Uh, we have our news uh, on, on the site there. We have, you know, you can get to all the other things that we do. And uh, you know, the events that we produce, we stream content and get to the podcasts, all that stuff. So you'd want to 
go to multifamilyleadership.com and that'll be a good starting point to, to begin your journey. Excellent. Well, Patrick, uh, any wise words uh, that you would leave our, our listeners and our viewers with before we call it a show? Yeah, it's a great question uh, or um, ask. And I think it's really just um, take action. There are things that you're doing every day that are working. Uh, you may not just be putting enough velocity behind it. And when you put the velocity behind it, you, are, you get into situations where you bump into stressors, you bump into challenges. And from that, you end up creating new and bright, innovative ideas. Uh, we've done it this week. And so I, I just think a massive set of actions increases the massive set of things that you're doing. And that allows you to um, sort of evolve and, and pivot. So we meant we did the museum analogy so art is only art when it's introduced to the world you could be painting and making these masterpieces but until somebody sees it it's not art right so take the action call the person make the call make the pitch whatever that is but get it out there let the world see it let's see how the world interacts with it and make something magical from it from from those responses I, I love it. Those are incredibly wise words. And I, I think uh, to the extent that our listeners and our viewers take advantage of that wise advice, they will uh, 2x their paycheck for certain. Right. <laughs> Patrick, this has been uh, awesome. I, I've looked forward to this for a very long time. And I know we calendars kind of messed up for a couple of weeks in a row, but uh, I really appreciate you investing the time. It means a lot to me. Absolutely. I appreciate being here and I love what you're doing for the industry and all those that are following your success. So thank you, Mike. Thanks, Patrick. And for everyone else, we'll see you next time on Collective Conversations.